Hello, it's Dave here. Um, I'm back again with my wife, Kathy. Hello. And we are doing another cinema. We are on the way to um, Kong Skull Island, which has been out for a few weeks, but uh, it's a Sunday afternoon and we don't want to go to Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, basically. I don't want to go to this either, but this has better reviews, so... Yeah. Um, and it looks a lot more fun, to be honest. The marketing in this has been incredible. Uh, I don't think it qu- couldn't quite live up to that, but I've loved every poster they've produced. The trailers have been really good fun. Uh, so from No, I think it looks really boring. I think King Kong's boring and I think Brie Larson's too good for it. And I kind of over Tom Hiddleston. Okay, well, I'll agree. They didn't do much with Brie Larson in the trailers considering yeah. she's an Academy Award I know, I'm like, you went actress. from room to this. But look, we'll judge her by the movie. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I just think it's like, not interesting doing King Kong like I've seen I feel like I've seen 100 King Kong movies I probably haven't you've probably seen one yeah which was the 2005 so unoriginal so look we'll see Dave's lucky because it's a Sunday afternoon I've agreed to go if it was after work yeah I'm up for just a fun monster movie Um, we should say we we have a bit of news which we're very excited about Um, we've been nominated for best new podcast in the British podcast awards uh, which yeah, we are we're super excited so chuffed about and um, very surprised <laughs> well, <laughs> quite surprised. we're up against much better podcasts than well, ours well basically yeah. Um, yeah so the other podcasts in the category are um, everyone else uh, say why to drugs soundtracking with Edith Bowman and uh, the untold which is a BBC4 um, podcast and I uh, I just flew in back from Ireland this weekend and I spent the, the plane listening to all of these podcasts and thinking what are we doing here I very much feel like the odd one out <laughs> like they've made a mistake I'm waiting for for them to sort of admit is it like submit a, a, an omission like a correction I was thinking like, that too because we got the nomination separately because Dave was in Ireland and I was here and we phoned each other and we were like huh <laughs> is this real life it's like is there another cinemile that maybe you know is a bit more but they did tag us on Twitter so we knew, podcast. we knew it was us because they tagged our Twitter account yes so you were excited there's going to be an awards at the end of April where we'll get to go and like check out all these people that we idolise and think are amazing yeah I mean Edith Bowman we've been listening to for years yeah. Um Mark Kermode and Simon Mayo are, are nominated. I'd love to meet them. Um, Adam Buxton, we Adam love Buxton, Scroobius Pip. Um, some real, like, big podcast heavy hitters. So just to be even in, even in the same room as them is, is very, very Basically, exciting. we'll be those really annoying people who run around all night getting selfies with everyone <laughs> and annoying everyone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but we are genuinely super, super excited. And thank you to all of our listeners um, for just well for listening uh, and for support for all your support uh, really because this is just us wandering down the street holding a recorder and talking the usual shite we we normally talk uh, but we are at the cinema now so i'm going to stop that shiting on that I'm yes doing. and i'm expecting in two hours because it's two hours long which i'm not happy about when we get out of this movie i'll have not liked it and you'll have liked it well that's so you're going in with a negative attitude no i'm just going in with an assumption okay well, it could flip it, you know, could flip it on I do like Brie Larson, but from the trailer, I'm not happy with how they've used her. So, we'll see. Okay. A waste of Brie. Yeah. And I just think Tom Hiddleston, like, no offence, but I'm so over him. He's a little bit overexposed, isn't yeah. he? Because of that whole night manager thing, which wasn't, which was quite overrated, really. And I don't it? really like him in the Marvel movies. I liked him in the night manager. Oh, come on. He was great as Loki. Meh. He's a, oh, you're giving Loki a meh. Well, I'm like, she's an Oscar. She just won Best Actress. 
so she better get more screen time than him. Well, and he's only Taylor time. Swift's ex-boyfriend. We'll tell. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when Hiddle Swift would rear, yeah. rear its ugly head. All right, head. okay, we're at the cinema. All right, see you on Bye. the other side. These are photos of an island in the South Pacific. The place where myth and science meet. We'll use explosives to shake the earth, helping us to map the surface of the island. You're dropping bombs. Mm. Scientific instruments. I see trouble on the way. Is that a monkey? that thing was out here i'm sorry for your man colonel but if you want to make their sacrifice worthwhile get us home with proof monsters exist okay so uh we're out of kong skull island we're not we're not walking home we've decided to sit down by the river There's, there goes a basketball <laughs> you want your ball back you have it good okay um because it's a really nice day. It's, it's a sunny. lovely day. It's beautiful. The river's really Spring busy. Spring is out. So pardon the ambient noise. Yes, there's a, there's a lot of activity happening around here. <laughs> uh, so that was a very eventful um, cinema trip. Probably the, the worst behaved cinema audience I've ever experienced. You're burying the lead here. On our way out of the cinema, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, we saw Anna Faris and Chris Pratt and their kids buying tickets to the movies like bearing in mind this is one of the worst cinemas we've ever been in like it's horrible dirty it's never any toilet paper in it the toilets weren't flushing actually when I went along so <laughs> to see you know two millionaires in the foyer was quite funny and he had a basketball cap on and his sunglasses but we knew yeah, yeah. well it was quite it was quite clearly quite him. clearly him he's a big he's guy. so enormous and it's funny because a week ago, my favourite cafe had posted a picture of Anna Farah saying that she had called in. So they must actually be like living here for a movie or something. But I wish we'd sat next to them in the cinema instead of the stupid, annoying people we sat next to. Oh, all right, let's list them off. Okay, Worst so, behaved cinema ever. Firstly, we had behind us uh, was an entire row of 10-year-old no, It was actually two rows of them. Two rows. Yeah, I saw one we left. Of 10-year-old boys. Um, who Really little boys, like really young. Were they 10 maybe? Eight yeah. or nine. Um, I don't know what age they were. They were about the age of that kid who just kicked a ball at us. Yeah, but he was um, much more polite. <laughs> Jesus, they they just wouldn't would not shut up. Like I actually shushed the them off. and told them to be quiet, and the whole cinema was doing it. Yeah, but there was a mother with them. Really? Yeah, because at the oh, end. come on. Um, so as I I turned myself around, shushing them, thinking, Do you know what? Like theoretically, I actually don't mind it because I know when I was that age, I went and carried on like that in the cinema too. But it's just really annoying. Anyway, I kind of tuned them out. But then the guy to my right started playing air guitar and air <laughs> drums. And this no. is like a 40-year-old guy. He so, was playing air, air band to because there was all these 70s music kicking in. And then he proceeded to just talk. So eventually we just sat down in the front. At like uh, louder than, than room volume. Yeah. Did, did, you, did you notice what he was saying to the girl who was with him? No, I wasn't listening. So anytime, because anytime, uh, this movie is littered with like uh, really classic 70s rock tracks which are commonly featured in Vietnam movies. There's a lot of cl- Creedence Clearwater. A lot of generic, generic 70s music. Oh, come on. Yeah, but really, really great track. Uh, yeah, but exactly what you'd expect for a movie about the Vietnam War, the soundtrack. Yeah, fine. Yeah. But, like, just, they're, they're great tracks. Yeah, they are. Really, good really good. Um, 
but what he was doing was anytime one of those tracks would come on he'd like uh, turn to his girlfriend and loudly announce the name of the track <laughs> and the artist and then <laughs> play air guitar stop I'm doing like, air guitar get your air guitar out and of like, my face and then he was doing like the, anytime the drums were about to kick in he'd go yeah yeah da. And like, oh hello <laughs> but anyway so we moved seats and then the rest of the cinema was still really loud but not so bad but to be fair it was 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon and it's a family movie so no it's not to be fair there's no excuse for this kind of behaviour two phones went off um, during the cinema and one of them went off for the entirety of the ring like the person didn't even bother dealing with it another one was on silent but was buzzing loudly did you hear it? yeah I did it was um, a but anyway. fucking disaster I'm sorry I was so people were so badly behaved but and then, it's a family movie on a Sunday afternoon no no but even it wasn't even that, it wasn't even the kids that were the worst of it the adults somehow thought there was adults all over the screen talking to each other yeah and I know we whisper to each, to each other occasionally, but... Yeah, but there's whispering and there's talking and people were not whispering in that movie. But anyway, I don't care because we saw Chris Pratt and Anna Faris afterwards and that was amazing. <laughs> that made it all worthwhile yeah. for you. I suppose we should probably talk about the movie. We, we should saw. talk about the movie. Do you know what? It was better than I thought. Better than I was expecting. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it um, was fine. Uh, let's give a, a quick rundown of what what it is. So it's the story is John Goodman... It's part of a uh, top-secret organization who look for monsters, basically, which I've just read um, were also in the Godzilla movie. So we should say this this uh, Kong movie is going to be part of a shared universe, a shared cinematic universe with Godzilla and a lot of other monsters because that's the done thing now, ever since Marvel made it commonplace. And, and so DC are doing it. You've got... Um, was Chris Pratt going to see that movie? Movies. What was he going to see? <laughs> Can we get off Chris Pratt? Sorry, yeah, I'm just curious. Um, what do I, I'd say he was going to go see... Well, they had their son with them. I'd Maybe Beauty and that. the Beast? No, because that was in the other screen. I reckon they were going to see that. King Kong. King Kong. Um, okay, but so basically, John, John Goodman uh, wants to go find monsters, recruits a crack team of people to go to this island. Um, they arrive there. Loads of monsters. It's it's just it's just a big fun monster bee movie, basically. Yeah, and it was what what I found interesting about it was, first of all, you know, usually movies set in the seventies have a look of the seventies about them. This could have been set now. There was no sense of it being a seventies movie, and I don't mean that as a criticism; it's just an observation. For some reason, when things are set in the seventies, they're always duller colors and a bit grainy, and people are almost trying to replicate the actual film of the 70s so I thought that was interesting and I thought it was really interesting the stuff around the Vietnam soldiers and their internal politics because obviously now we know and and obviously it all was coming to light at the time like how atrociously a lot of American soldiers did act in the Vietnam War and things like the My Lai massacre and all that you know there was a lot going on there that was you know people just following orders really terrible orders and it was really vile. So it was interesting to have pe- people from that background thrown into this, where ultimately there's a face-off between Samuel L. Jackson, who's running the soldiers, who wants to kill Kong, and there's the scientists and the Tom Hiddleston and the Brie Larson who want to, you know, not kill Kong and just get out of there. And I thought that was really interesting because, I, thought, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson's really great anyway at that kind of role. But it was really interesting watching the soldiers following orders despite the fact that they really didn't want to be but I thought it made sense in the context of the Vietnam War whereas in a different movie I might have been like there's no way they do what this guy's asking them to do because it's ridiculous but yeah. I felt like historically it made sense I think I, d- I disagree with your point that this movie didn't look 70s maybe it didn't look like um, 
Look, it, it definitely had a very distinctive Vietnam flavour to it. The, 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 it was evoking a lot of Apocalypse Now with yeah. the boat down the river. It was very derivative um, of those movies. Uh, what's the um, Full Metal Jacket? There's a very distinct shot where they focus on one of the helmets and it says "Born to Breed." There's a lot of li- little Easter eggs in there. Uh, one of, in fact, one of my favourite Easter eggs was Samuel Jackson repeats his line from Jurassic Park which was hold on to your butts oh I didn't get that um, yeah, which I really enjoyed because that's one of my favourite lines and it's such a good cast I mean you have Samuel L. Jackson who's amazing John Goodman who I had forgotten was in it I think um, a very thin John Goodman very thin yeah um, Brie Larson was obviously really good Tom Hiddleston was really good um, who else was in it um, uh, Richard um, what's that guy I really like him he was in at the very start Richard uh, Linklater no, no he's the director. he's the director oh god we're, we're bumbling this yeah one. anyway Jenkins he, Richard, Richard Jenkins Richard Jenkins he's he, like as Quick soon as cameo. I see him in a movie I go oh wow okay that's good like he's a real different calibre of an actor and John C. Reilly was great John C. Reilly like all the supporting cast was really good including the guy from Me, Earl and the Dying Girl playing a young soldier yeah it's, it's a really nice little surprising sort of character actor here yeah uh, the guy from uh, Boardwalk Empire who plays Steve Buscemi's brother whose name I forget is always yeah. good in this um, so yeah it was a good cast it was a solid movie visually looked great Kong looked amazing he did he really did yeah. I, I, with the cast though they, they really the cast elevated what were really cardboard characters yeah um, the cast made it the, but I, I I thought to be fair to the filmmaker whoever it is they made a distinct effort to actually give people personalities and they didn't have Brie Larson in a traditional weak female role and they didn't have Tom Hiddleston being a ridiculous over-the-top action hero. If anything, he was almost too understated. Like I didn't really buy him as a guide. He was a little. He was a little bit. I'm like, what? You went to Eton, and now you're a guide in the Southeast Asian jungle. He was a little ridiculous from, yeah. from the start. But it's not his ba- fault. Like I just don't think he was the right casting. I think he's good at whatever he does. But he was basically he's the guy from Jurassic Park who goes clever girl. He's that guy. It didn't make sense to me. I'm like, so you're like an expert tracker of Southeast Asian jungles. Yeah. And you're like a posh British guy. Like, it just didn't make... And you're young, you know. It's not like he's been there 30 years and he's learned it the hard way. Like, when did you learn these skills exactly? <laughs> he didn't really Is do any tracking. In between your gym sessions. He, well, he did one bit of tracking where he saw mushrooms and said, I think there's a river nearby. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, job. I could have fucking guessed that. Good job, Hiddlehunk. Yeah. He, but uh, she was good. I really liked her photography stuff. And I liked how they framed... It was the most 70s stuff was when we saw stuff through her camera lens. Yeah. That, that felt like 70s I thought the music was really badly done I know they used good songs but they there would just be no music and nothing going on and suddenly the music would just blare on on, on screen and it just felt really ham-fisted in and really try-hard to me no, not I, in the least because someone next to me was playing air guitar along with it <laughs> but just anyway <laughs> I just felt, there was nothing about the score the soundtrack that was interesting there was just okay great yeah you've got some good 70s like you're playing Bowie but it's not I disagree I just also there was it. no Bowie there was what when what Bowie track when John C. Rowley's like, what's this music? Is that... I don't think so. Um, oh, let's talk about... Okay, fine. Let's go and check it. And even <laughs> if I'm wrong, you don't need to be such a dick about it. <laughs> I am being a dick. Um, um, yeah, no, I thought, you know, I thought it was fine overall. At one point, I was a bit sleepy and thought I could do with a nap. And then I thought, no, actually, I, I do want to see how this ends. It was a really gorgeous movie. The um, Bits of it were like the, the sunset and Kong and all the silhouette stuff was nice. It's very orange. 
the <laughs> explosions and sunsets. Um, the CG was terrific. The fight scenes were excellent. I love all the other creatures. I didn't realise there was anyone more than just Kong in it. So it was really cool to see that giant spider creature. That was excellent. The tree creature. The kind of giant... The skull crawlers, as John C. Riley calls them. Yeah, and I liked all the stuff about the fact that actually humans are on the island and they're surviving all this I know I keep mentioning Jurassic Park but it really did remind me of it it's very much like that it's a group of it's a group of humans trying to survive on an island full of sort of uh, mythical creatures I just don't think it's a classic though like to me it had to me it's it's completely forgettable and I, I don't quite know I know why it was made it was made because they want to make a wider universe of Godzilla and Kong but but ultimately I was like this movie is, has nothing new to say and nothing nothing particularly entertaining like like the fact that how much the kids in that audience were talking was showing it was not like there were no kids talking when we went to see Jurassic Park or Jurassic World whatever the last one was yeah I, look I agree it didn't it, it was a very gorgeous looking movie um, but it's nothing we haven't seen before. And it's I don't a think B it, movie. It knew a, what it wanted to be. Like it wants to be Apocalypse Now, woman. It wants to be Jurassic Park the next minute. It wants to be. It's just no. Like, what are you? And I don't believe that everything has to fit into a genre. But it's a B know. movie with a grade A cast and grade A packaging. Um, but at its core, it's just a silly monster movie. But it it executed that perfectly well. Um, yeah, it did execute it well. Um, it and really it was interesting, the man versus, you know, man trying to tame nature and ultimately, you know, not, you know, it, it, it made no sense, but it only made sense in the context that they were soldiers. It's like, why do you keep shooting at something that will just keep killing you? <laughs> Stop shooting King Kong. It doesn't work. But that's like the best sci-fi and monster movies because uh, the real monster turns out to be humans. Human. And I mean, I think Samuel L. Jackson was brilliant in it. I thought he was really brilliant. Like, he was just perfect casting. Like, at the very start, like, this isn't a spoiler, it's practically in the opening scene. We see the Vietnam War is over, and Samuel L. Jackson is not happy, because he's like, we didn't lose this war. We abandoned we it. We abandoned it, and and all the guys are so psyched to be going home, and they're finished, and then they get offered this last mission, and Samuel L. Jackson takes it, which is which he doesn't need it because he's actually been discharged but he's just a warmonger and he loves fighting and he um, takes all these men to their death how much fun was that scene uh, with Kong versus the helicopters at the very beginning no I thought that was really boring you don't really like action scenes well I just thought it was too soon for me I was like I'm barely settled into the movie and and all this action's happening and I, it's interesting because they had all the action and then all the quietness afterwards but I wasn't engaged at that point and it looked really fake that was the, probably the worst CGI of the movie at one point one guy was hanging out of a helicopter and he fell into Kong's mouth and I don't know if it's maybe because we only saw it in 2D and it might have been designed for 3D but this feels like it would have been a lot better in 3D but I disagree I think the action looked incredible it was really really well choreographed there's a scene where Kong this isn't really a spoiler but this is a nice little moment Kong like grabs a tree and then swings it against one of the guys on the ground and then he goes flying into another helicopter yeah, and that, that stuff was and then you see him hit the windshield and then the body slowly sort of goes goes up towards the rotor and then you just hear the rotor failing and then they go down it was just I thought the ground really well it was the opposite of most together. movies for me in that the action at the end was better than the action at the start because the action at the start was just out of nowhere and I wasn't ready for it but they really built up to the on the ground like real kind of war action yeah. and they were using you know napalm and all these Vietnamese things Vietnam, Vietnam war things so actually for me again the setting of the war made it more engaging because it wasn't pure fantasy it felt a bit grounded should we mention the last time we saw uh, King Kong which I think it was 2005 Peter Jackson's three and a half hour oh bore of a movie which I thought was just complete nonsense I it was say I can't remember it 
Well, it was very, it was very much a remake of the old. Um, All I know was, was I definitely would have fallen asleep during it, knowing myself. Yeah, I don't think we were t- like we weren't uh, we didn't know each other then, but uh, yeah. I thought it was completely overlong, overwrought, a bit too. Um, uh, what's the word? It was obsessed with the, the previous movie, um, and it, it just it just, it's just didn't a giant need that, homage. Didn't need that length. And well, Peter Jackson has got a problem with lengths, judging by the Hobbit movies. But with there, I felt like I had some vague memory of that movie, where he picks up Naomi Watts in his hand, and in this one he picked Brie Larson up in his hand. I think there was some tie-in. Yeah, there was a female bit of a call character. Back there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I thought you know it's a decent blockbuster. I'd recommend someone see it if they're in the mood for. I thought it was a great blockbuster. Yeah. It's not. It, it's I not. Just, it's, it it doesn't really elevate itself because the yeah there wasn't anything particularly sharp about the writing. A lot of the dialogue was corny. And there's nothing original about it. No, and it's very paint by numbers. Like assemble the team, get to the place, uh, get to the evac point. Uh, you you can you can almost like follow the follow the map. You yeah. could draw you could draw the the dotted lines together. It must have been very expensive to make. Like never mind the cast, all the special effects. I thought it looked the business, yeah, and it I will good. say the. As I mentioned earlier, the, the marketing for this movie has just been phenomenal, top-notch. It's just gorgeous. There's a, one poster in particular, the, the Japanese-style monster movie poster, which was excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the poster's all around the tube with, with that uh, that shot of Kong against the sunset and all the helicopters are, um, are flying up against him. Oh, it's just stunning. Yeah, um, but ultimately, yeah, I did enjoy it, and that's it. I, I've, I've nothing... I've nothing else to say about it. You've it, instantly it, forgotten about it. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I would have probably liked to see it in 3D because there was a lot of really cool stuff happening that I thought, oh, this would be amazing in 3D. Yeah. Are, are you going to go see Godzilla vs. King Kong in 2020? No. Do you give a shit? I would never go. Do you want to? No, to be fair, I go and see movies that I wouldn't because of the podcast like this. I wouldn't have gone if we weren't doing a podcast. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, it was fun. It was bonkers by the end. It was quite enjoyable, really. And oh, the very end. We're not doing a spoiler section for this, by the way, because there's not much to say. But the very end, kind of, not post-credit scene, like as the credits start rolling, it was a really sweet scene, and I did cry at that. That got me. That got me more emotionally than yeah. the rest of the movie. That was quite nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, as well, when you, when you have John C. Riley in something, like he's just great. John C. Riley was excellent. Yeah. Uh, his character was probably one of my favorites in the movie. And uh, yeah, he's one of the few who had sort of a bit of an emotion, yeah. emotional stake to it. I did feel invested in his character. To be fair, I did feel invested in not the army guys' characters, but all the rest of them. I genuinely felt like yeah, they they were fleshed out enough that I was interested enough to see what would happen to them. Because at one point, I did contemplate falling asleep, and then I resisted. <laughs> you contemplated it. Yeah, I just thought, oh, I could were do that. What if I just fell asleep? Yeah, I was thinking that, and then I thought, is oh, that that's when terrible. you put your head on my shoulder? Yeah, and then I said, oh, no, I thought you might have been stop myself. Um, you wouldn't have been able to because someone was having a full blown conversation <laughs> yeah, behind us in front so of the loud. man playing air guitar. Yeah, and the row of uh, teenagers saying it was sick. Yeah. All right. Okay. Goodbye. Can we hear? I hope you can hear the sax guy down there because he's brilliant. Yeah, and we didn't have any. Dave's just flown back from Ireland, and I had no change, so Dave gave him euro, which he didn't look too happy about. <laughs> I asked him, "Did he take euro?" Which was a stupid question because he said it was better than nothing. I but you can't. That was really ungrateful. You, you can't actually go into the foreign exchange with two euro fifty, which is what I gave him. Yeah, well, maybe coins, he'll go to he? Europe someday and be glad of it. <laughs> go to Europe, or he can give it to charity. <laughs> Not with the way Britain's going. Yeah. Oh. Well, actually, two euros worth about ten events. pounds now. 
Yeah, I got such a bad rap. <laughs> anyway, come on, let's get off. All right. Bye. Uh, if you like what we just said and would like to hear more of what we said, but in uh, text format and in 140 characters or less, we have a Twitter page. It's at The Cinemile. Um, or we have a website, thecinemile.com, but that's probably no good to you because it's just got all our episodes listed there but uh, yeah subscribe to us go to iTunes and leave us a review if you know how to do that because that's really really helpful and uh, yeah it's been fun you have anything else to say? no bye <laughs> <laughs> you look at me like Kathy's already on her phone like why are <laughs> you still talking yeah, why are you still talking alright uh, let's finish it on, a, on um, a track and let's do some air guitar while we're doing okay. it okay no come on let's go <laughs> okay bye bye Hello, Dave here. I hate to say this, but Kathy was absolutely right. My bad. Bowie was on the soundtrack. But let's not finish this on an apology. Um, let's put in that brilliant Simpsons episode where Homer is King Kong. Hey, I heard we're going to Ape Island. Yeah, to capture a giant ape. I wish we were going to Candy Apple Island. Candy Apple Island? What do they got there? Apes, but they're not so big. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.